All right, blessings to all of you. So good to be able to share this time together with you, wherever you are, like I say, near or far. We're together right now. And if you are uh, joining us, joining our online community, maybe for the first time, I want to welcome you. I'm Pastor Terry Brisbane here in San Francisco, and I'm just so thankful you're with us right now. You know, our series is called A Time to Choose, and today I want to share a message that I think is so relevant for where we are as a culture, as a people living in a time like this. I want to talk about the value of choosing to practice soul care. Now, I have to admit, I almost called this message, you deserve a break today. <laughs> and maybe, maybe I should have. But uh, yeah, I just think that a lot of us are tired and a lot of us are stretched physically, mentally, you know, psychologically, physiologically. And uh, maybe we just feel a little bit overwhelmed and not just by the pace of life, but by its complexity, because there's so many things that we're just being forced to negotiate. But I want to pray. I want to ask God's blessing. Lord, even now I ask you to come and just be with us as we share this time. Let it be a time of not only learning and reflection, of listening for your voice, but also of joy. I ask you to fill us with joy. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Yeah, there's so many stressors right now. Tons of voices. Seems like everybody's yelling. Living in a culture like ours, there's toxic inputs and distractions all over the place. And it just, it just seems like it's getting harder and harder to keep a healthy soul. And we're going to need to, we're going to need to practically choose as Jesus taught us to live with wisdom. And that means we're going to need to have established healthy rhythms. And um, that's going to be a key to being sensibly productive. Yeah, we're going to need to do that. That's going to have to be our goal. <laughs> and thankfully, we've been given a model. I'm talking about Jesus, our Lord. He, he is the model. He, during his earthly ministry, God's Son showed us the way to do it. He showed us what it looks like to pace ourselves and to uh, have moments where we are intentional about recalibrating and strengthening our soul. And so we're going to look at that, you know, because he had a practice of withdrawing and he had times where he would pull out and he had rhythms that he lived with. You know, Sabbath was one of them, the one in seven as a day of rest, going to the Lord's house. But he did other things. And we're going to, we're going to explore that together. There's a, a great passage in the gospel of Mark that I love because it, it not only ties into this idea of practicing soul care, but it also connects to maybe a lot of what some of us are experiencing right now, just feeling like we're stretched. So let's look at Mark 6, verse 30. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus and they told him all that they had done and taught. Because what had happened is Jesus had sent them out on a ministry assignment and it was described earlier in the chapter. And when they returned to him, you know, they had what we might call, what we might describe as a debrief. <laughs> he wanted them to share. How did it go? Um, what were your experiences like? And maybe even allow them to express what it felt like to be rejected and even to have some hostile aggressiveness come at them. 
And we know that's part of what had happened. Some people received them. Some people pushed them back. And yeah, I think as he looked at them, gathered around him, back from not just the travel, but the extension of ministry, and then the various interactions they had with people, that he must have heard something in their voice or saw something in their eyes or just in their body language that, that showed him that they needed rest. Now, obviously, Jesus, he knew what was in the hearts of people, but there was a very discerning eye to Jesus. And uh, he just saw things in people that others missed. And I know it's something he wants to develop in all of us to have a discerning eye. But uh, like I said, look, for, look what we're told here in verse 31. It says that he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. We're told that many were coming and going and they did not have leisure even to eat. Think about that. And, they, and so we're told that they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. And I just love this because Jesus basically says, hey guys, as he's looking at them, you did great, but I think it's time to get away. <laughs> you need some rest. You need some rest. You need some time to healthily disconnect. <laughs> and that reminded me, you know, it's like you, you need to get away. <laughs> you get, uh, you need a break. You need, you deserve a break today. And that reminded me of a, of a commercial that I heard when I was a boy. I can't, I, I still remember it to this. I mean, way back in the seventies, I know what there was this McDonald's jingle, some some ways it was referred to the, as the jingle of the century. Some of you will remember this. If you don't, you may just Google it. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. Let's do it. It'll, it's so fun. <laughs> it's vintage. It's, it's, it's funny, but wow, I, it instantaneously is in my, you know, I can, I can recall it. You deserve a break today. So get up and get away <laughs> to McDonald's, right? You deserve a break today. So get up and get away to McDonald's. See what they did to me? Like it's in me. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think that's part of what Jesus was saying. You deserve a break today. So let's get up and get away. Now, not to McDonald's, but let's get away. <laughs> and, you know, we're told that Part of what had happened here was that there was so much interaction that they had had and so much ministry that they had been doing that, that we're told that they didn't even have the freedom to eat joyfully and in peace. Because <laughs> some of us relate to that. We can't eat. We're, not, we're so stretched, we're not even eating well. <laughs> it's hard for us to have peace. And that's such a good word because yeah, I think some of us are overworked. Some of us are feeling overstretched. And some of you, boy, especially if you're trying to work and raise kids, I mean, just raising little ones alone, raising children alone is <laughs> it's going to stretch you. It's going to exhaust you. And then if you're trying to work and raise kids, oh my goodness, this so, you know how hard that is? Uh, and well, maybe others of you, you're, you're, you're involved in a startup or you're trying to launch or maintain a small business 
And you may even have that on top of trying to raise a family. I mean, these are hard things. These stretch you. This is exhausting. And uh, maybe, maybe at work, some of you are being pressured to just work harder and harder and harder. Like, they want more of you, not less. And you're just wearing down. And sometimes that, you know, we've talked about in the past, the, the idea that I'm going to, you know, that imposter syndrome, I got to prove that, that I belong, right? I got to live up to these accolades that can drive us. Other times we just feel like, boy, to make it here, I got to show them that I'm a hard worker. And we just stretch ourselves. We work ourselves. And uh, some of us are wearing, let's be honest, some of us, we're wearing down. We may be worn down. <laughs> we're frazzled right now at the edges. And so I want us to sit with what Jesus was saying to the disciples for a bit. Look what he says. Let's go back to this. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Guys, we've got to get out of here. We're going to get alone together, which is fascinating because what Jesus is actually prescribing here, and I never really noticed it before, my, all the times that I've read this passage, he was actually prescribing community solitude. Think about that. He said, let's pull back from the crowds together. He didn't say, interesting, he didn't say, each of you go off on your own and get some alone time. Now, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with alone time, uh, and that would have been fine, but he didn't say this. In this particular moment, what he says to them is something different. He, he's, he's saying, let's have some group withdrawal, not solitary withdrawal. And group withdrawal is a way to be recharged, especially when it's being done in healthy ways with people we love and or are comfortable with, that we feel like we can be ourselves around, that we don't have to be on or pretentious or just we, we, can, we can just relax, you know? And that's the beauty of intimacy and real friendship and love. It's not an excuse, may it never be an excuse for us to treat people that we, sh we love and are in committed relationship with poorly, but at the same time, there is something different about being safe uh, to be able to drop our guards a bit and just relax and enjoy one another's company. And I do really want to emphasize, uh, emphasize healthy ways, not not unhealthy ways, not ways that damage us or set us back. Because we can do that, you know, we can get away with a group and by the time we're done, we, we didn't get better. We actually did things that were more damaging. Yeah, maybe we had some fun and whatever, but it wasn't actually helpful for our soul. So I'm talking about community solitude that is being done in a, in a healthy way. So how we do that matters. And at the same time, we also want to acknowledge that Jesus did model solitary withdrawal. So in this case, it was about you, we need to get away as a group and have some alone time and just enjoy one another's company and, company and let ourselves be refreshed. But Jesus also modeled at different times uh, what it meant to just get alone by himself. There was one incident that's described in Luke 5. I just want to take a quick little detour here and have us look at it. It says that while he was in one of the cities, there came a man who was full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he bade him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him and he, and he said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him 
And, and Jesus charged him to tell no one, but just go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. One, one thing we note here is that Jesus didn't disallow or disregard or suggest that it was non-essential to uh, honor the scriptures, even of the Older Testament. He, he was not trying to push him out of the ways uh, that that was not something that Jesus was trying to do. He didn't say, I, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. But then what I really wanted us to look at was what follows next in verse 15. This is, this is what I, I want us to see. It says, but now even more the report about him went abroad and, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. So all of a sudden people were coming everywhere to, to be healed. I don't blame them. I understand. But we're told that he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus would go by himself for alone time with the Father. And this was something that he had a practice of doing. And you read the Gospels. He, he took time to replenish his soul, to recalibrate his spirit, to align himself with the Father. Not that there was any sin in Jesus, but he had a sensitivity to his earthly limitations, as well as the spiritual pressures that were being placed upon him. And that's really helpful for us because, listen, if Jesus needed it, how much more are we going to need it? If Jesus needed times to get away and get strengthened, yeah, and rested, how much more are we going to need it? It's just a good reminder that soul care is not selfish. It's actually, it's actually good stewardship. Soul care is not selfish. It's actually good stewardship. You know, I was listening to a podcast by a man named Lance Witt. <laughs> He's the, just think about his name. He's the founder of Replenish Ministries. And he was talking about, he's, he's, he gave five words for pulling away and practicing soul care. And I really, I really appreciated what he had to say. And I wanted to share it with you. The first word he referred to, he says, when you're wanting to pull away and practice soul care in a healthy way, right? He's talking about getting strengthened in meaningful ways. He said, number one, there is some work preparing for not working. So the word he used was prepare. Prepare <laughs> for not working. Do some work to prepare for not working, for resting. Good soul care prepares for it in advance. So it's not just something we do haphazardly. I'm not suggesting there isn't a time to just go off and, and wander, as we say, not all who wander are lost. But in this particular situation, when we really want to maximize the benefit of creating space to help ourselves be strengthened, preparing for it in advance, preparing not to work, so putting in some work to prepare not to work is actually quite helpful. The second word he used was stop. So prepare and stop. Stop, what he meant by that is quit working. Like you gotta put it aside. Whatever work is for us, don't do it. Stop. And he said, ideally for at least 24 hours. Third word, rest. He said, in, he says it's actually really important to incorporate physical rest. Don't, don't be reluctant to take a nap or uh, just go slower. Cultivate being at rest in our soul and mind as well so that we're not 
focusing in on things that make us anxious. Just say, I'll set that aside till later. Fourth word was delight, which was interesting to me because he said this, he said, many of us are delight deficient and we need to make room for some healthy delight. That's important, not unhealthy delight, but there are different things that bring life to us. We're all different. We, we all have things that are, bring joy to us in healthy ways, right? Some of us have hobbies. Some of us uh, have certain things that we do artistically. Others of us, some of the joy may be connected to things that uh, are collecting, that we collect or uh, um, they amuse us and, and we find we, we can lose ourselves and, uh, uh, you know, putting together something that we enjoy have enjoyed over the years. It may have to do with some of us sports or athletics. It's, it's just things that bring us delight might have to do with just enjoying nature and the beauty of God's creation and just taking a walk. In fact, that's something that connects to the fifth word, which is worship. And he said, whatever we're doing, and we need to do all of those things. You just make sure that you take some time if you want to do this right and really help yourself. He says, also include some quality time with God, right? So he, he, he says, you can journal. You know, there are times where I've gotten away and I just will read the, some scriptures a little more than I would normally do. And I'm, I'm reading just to allow the, some things to wash into my soul. And if I find a verse or something Jesus said or something in the epistles in the Old Testament. A lot of times it's in the Psalms. I just sit with the Psalms or the Proverbs. I'll write it out in my journal and I just sit with it in a different way because writing something out as a kind of prayer or a way of just emphasizing it, it it's very life-giving. There might be some of us who we, we just take a prayer walk and that is really good because if you think about it, it's not just a double impact, it's a triple impact. You get the benefit of being outside in nature. You also are doing something physical that is good for us. You know, walking is good, a, a jog. Uh, some of you are runners, you know, that, but just walking and being open and moving briskly and then praying, talking with God, thinking about the Lord and our lives, listening to our lives and listening to maybe something the Lord's wanting us to just settle into. And maybe we sing a little bit or listen to some worship music or something that is joyful to us. You know, just uh, maybe taking that time to think long thoughts and to reflect and to wander. You know, a lot of times when I'm on a long walk, I, I'll come in and out of of thinking about things of God, thinking about things in my life. But I've created that space to allow that to happen. And I'm not trying to hold things too tightly. I'm not feeling the pressure. I'm just getting away. I understand exactly what Jesus was doing here. I want to go back to that passage again, back to Mark 6, verse 31. Look what he says. He says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For we're told many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. I mean, the picture, again, if I can put it this way, that we are being given of the disciples is that they were spent in at least three ways. They were, they were spiritually spent. <laughs> they were coming off of a time of enhanced, focused ministry. They were physically depleted. 
because they weren't eating properly. That's what we're being told. Can any of us relate to that? And they were probably not sleeping well. Can any of us relate to that? And they were under a lot of pressure. People were everywhere, all around them. Even the extroverts would probably be feeling overwhelmed. The introverts, they were in trouble. Because uh, there were a lot of demands that were being placed upon them. And, and when you have demands being placed upon you relentlessly, it, it can just wear you down. You combine all these elements and you, you can see why Jesus felt compelled to have them create some alone space. Just, he just didn't want them to unravel. He was, he was concerned. And we're told in that 32nd verse, it says, they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. That is, they got into the boat and their boats and they, they, they took a ride on the water. The lake that we're talking about here would be the Sea of Galilee. Most likely they went to the north side. And you can still cross the sea today. Uh, if you were to look at it from a distance, the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret is... It's shaped like a harp. It's, it's 13 miles long, eight miles wide. You know, I'll not forget the handful of times that I've gone there. I, I, I can testify to its bucolic and therapeutic effects. I mean, I'll not forget our first trip when in 2008, as a church group, we went. And I, I was really moved. I've, I've been moved every time I've gone, actually. But as I remember how we crossed the lake. And, and even though it was a mechanized <laughs> boat, it was mostly quiet. And there was a moment there where they turned all the, the engines off and we just floated. And I, I really loved that. But it was beautiful. It was serene. There was a hazy sunlight. There was a light breeze that filled the air. There were swaths of pastel grays and blues and it surrounded us. And there were moments where the sun would just sparkle off the water. And just, you know, I, I, I totally get how just for the disciples, Jesus having them go to a place that many of them had loved all their lives and just sitting in the quiet water away from the crowds was a respite in and of itself. And it's, and then just what I, I want to say this, that getting physical and mental rest from time to time should actually be viewed as something that is healthy for our spiritual life. Because again, I just need to reemphasize this. When we push our bodies and minds too hard too far for too long, we can actually undermine God's purpose for our life because we're not God. <laughs> Every now and then we, we get reminded of that. We get sick and get worn down. You can get frayed nerves, fatigued bodies. And this is not just the domain of those of us who are older. No, it's, it can happen to any of us. If we're not sensitive to our true condition and the mental pressure we're under, not to mention the spiritual pressure that some of us are feeling and relational tensions, you know, we can push ourselves over the edge. Loved ones, we can break. We can break. What's more, and I just need to say this, tired people do foolish things. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it now after decades of ministry in the lives of countless people. Tired people do foolish things. And listen, very tired people do very foolish things. Many a man, many a woman 
has held the string too tight, too long, and they've snapped. They've suffered a breakdown. And remember, that's part of the reason that God graciously, you know, instituted Sabbath for Israel. Think about it. He told them, you need to have one day out of the seven that you don't do work. He says, it's going to be a day of rest and I'm making it a holy thing because God knew that we as a people, we as human beings are capable of working ourselves to death. You know, I talk about how we can amuse ourselves to death, but we can also work ourselves to death. And at least to points of weariness that over time, if we don't address it, can make us uh, vulnerable to a myriad of unhealthy things. And how can I say this? I, I mean, the Lord wants us to be a blessing and we can't bless when we're unhealthily broken. And, and this passage reminds us that, that Jesus wants his followers. He wants us whole and healthy. I mean, the Lord wants all of you, even those of you who don't know him, you're just seeking him to be whole and healthy. And the best way to do that is to come to him. Come to me, Jesus said, all you who are weary and are heavy laden. But those of us who have come to him, he wants us alive. He wants us well. He wants us, yeah, filled with joy and capable of blessing others. And it's hard to bless when we're all beat up and broken. And yeah, sometimes pulling back and resting is the most godly thing we can choose to do, whether it's community, you know, group solitude, you know, getting away together with a group, a small group of people, or whether it's just getting away by ourselves. And, and each of them are different types of opportunities for replenishment. But boy, we just really need to be aware that you, <laughs> some of you, you deserve a break today. So you just got to get up and get away, but uh, do it in the right ways. You know, I want to leave you with something. I remember reading in G. Campbell Morgan's gospel, according to Mark, he quoted a writer named Emil who wrote these words. I just want to share them with you as we close this time. He said, we must know how to put our occupation aside, which does not mean that we must be idle In an inaction which is meditative and attentive, the wrinkles of the soul are smoothed away. The soul itself spreads, unfolds, and springs afresh. And like the trodden grass of the roadside or the bruised leaf of a plant repairs its injuries, becomes new, spontaneous, true, and original. I really like that. New, spontaneous, true, and original. You see what happens when we get away in healthy ways? You see what happens when we allow our soul to be replenished and allow the Lord to help us in a time of rest. Do you see how that, that like the grass that's been trodden and pressed down, it can push back it up. It can spring back up and how there can be new things that comes out of that. There's something about spontaneity and something true and original that emerges. I mean, this is, part of what it, it means also to follow Jesus. And this is how he wants us to be. Uh, he wants us to be like that tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in every season as the years go by, right? 
So let's just keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to share a song. I'm going to come back around and bless, bless, bless us with a, not just a blessing, but a prayer and, and just a, <laughs> I want to, I want you so blessed, but like I say, let's just give him our heart. So with that in mind, let's share this time together in song and then I'll, I'll close us out. Here we go.
The Lord is so good and you are so loved and you deserve a break today. <laughs> take the time to take care of your soul. Honor the Lord by being a good steward and allow him to touch you. If you're stressed, broken, weary, feeling defeated, overwhelmed, a little bit crushed, neglected, broken, or stretched, let's go to Jesus. Come on. He says, come to me, as I mentioned earlier in the message, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Boy, do we need his rest. May he give us, may you, Jesus, give us the gift of new life. Give us a touch. Help us to create space for you to fill us with your grace so we may be fresh, that our life would be full of your joy and there would be fruit fruitfulness that would flow from us in such a way that other people are blessed because of how we're following you. That's my prayer. May God's goodness rest over your life now and always in Jesus' name.